The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities, featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive-thru, dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reasons Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reasons Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs, whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall. Everything is in-house and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. That is 305-444-1565 Seltzer Maidberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, Ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Dot com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon Clancy, joined as always by my good friends Chris Kaufman and Alfredo Artiaga. We are less than a week away from the draft. It's exciting. It feels a bit weird because it's been a bit of a weird off-season. No combine, kind of no measurements, no talking about people's 40s and those sorts of things. 
But it's mock draft night for us. We have uh, ruminated, cogitated, and castrated, probably the wrong word. Um, but we've certainly cut a few players out uh, and brought a few players in. We're going to do a mock draft or at least a top 18 mock draft because obviously, really, people only care about what the Dolphins do. So we're going to go up to 18. We are, as always, brought to you and very thankful for our sponsors, Biscayne Bay Brewery, um, with their lagers. See how, that, how how easy that just rolls off the tongue there, with their lagers? Yeah. Uh, what I loved, actually, was seeing the, the Biscayne Bay social media team ripping you, like setting fire to your pronunciation of lager on Twitter earlier this week, which I thought which I got great amusement from. So whoever's running that social account, congratulations. Uh, and also, obviously, Manscaped, who have been with us pretty much for our maybe 18 months now and you can get 20% off using the code 5RSN as always that's 5RSN so let us get to the mock draft no trades we're just going to go through it as per there will obviously be trades which will obviously ruin what we're going to do for the next hour but stay with us because I think you'll probably get something from it so let's kick off I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work whether or not we're all picking are we going for a unified name or are we all just picking the names that we like yeah we could of... come to a consensus you know okay okay so essentially we're just picking our own names there I mean consensus <laughs> mentious um let's just see where we get to anyway well, technically um, there are three of us so one of us could break a tie every time well very true very yeah. true ultimately as I'm in control I will win so um <laughs> that's how we're going to set up for the next half an hour or so Let's kick off. Obviously, um, it goes without saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Actually, Justin well, quite, yeah, exactly. They're going to take uh, <laughs> Carl Trask. What I like most of all about this, actually, is that for the first time in probably forever land, that Urban Meyer, to his credit, and the Jaguars generally are just accepting that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. There's no smoke. There's no, whoa, you never know what we might do. <laughs> You know, Lawrence has got the playbook. You know, he's given 20000 him and his new wife, Marissa, and $20,000 to, um, 20, to, to local charities and organizations in Jacksonville. He was tweeting about how, how he can't wait to get down there. Nobody's hiding the obvious. So he's the best quarterback to come out since Peyton Manning, in my opinion. They're obviously not going to overthink it. We all agree Trevor Lawrence is clearly going to go number one overall and deservedly so, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, and I think he, I think he wins a few games too. That yeah, that team is not hopeless as far as talent is concerned. He's got some talent. I'm just they glad got... it's not the Jets. I mean, yeah, me let's, be, let's be fair. Yeah, we dodged yeah. that bullet. Okay, like that, that win against the Rams was was glorious. Oh, I, I just yes. remembered it again right now. He's um, <laughs> he's got talent. They've got picks actually to make some to make some inroads in terms of getting some talent around him. Whether that's on the offensive line, some of the skill position players, whether that's a Pat Frymuth at tight end, whatever. But you know. I don't think the Jaguars with that kid at quarterback are going to be bad for too long. The New York football Jets. I saw a trailer for Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, but it is a um, it's a series that's set in this country, but based in the US. I think it's on NBC, actually. It's on Apple TV over here. But um, Ted Lasso plays an American uh, coach who I think coaches either really low down um, – sort of division three college football or anyway, he comes over and, and takes over a, a, a premier league team over here. Um, and it's kind of gentle and funny and um, yeah. Ted Lasso, the new trailer for the second series came out today and they talked about terrible teams. What, what, what's the word for terrible teams that they have in England goes the clip <laughs> and his assistant goes, we call them the New York jets. So <laughs> um, I think it's fairly apposite really. Um 
so the Jets are up second. Joe Douglas, obviously, with his new head coach, Robert Sala, at the helm. Um, are we thinking quarterback? Because obviously Sam Darnold is now a Carolina Panther. It is going to be a quarterback, um, unless something incredible happens, which it won't. So is it going to be Justin Fields? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Mac Jones? Or is it most likely going to be a fairly astronomical rise for Zach Wilson? And I've got his Kyle. name right as well. Kyle. Kyle Wilson. Zach Wilson. Don't do it to me, because <laughs> I will end up calling him Kyle Wilson. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. the, he is what? Uh, you, ha- you gave me the number today, Chris. He's minus 2,000 to be the pick. Like, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the cat's out of the bag. Zach Wilson yep. is going number two. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and I think in league circles, that's uh, actually you know, you, you're hearing it now. It's like they're they're not really attempting to hide it that much anymore, yeah, which um, is good, you know. Which, yeah, I appreciate that, yeah, no, I do too. I do too. What do we and, think uh, of him though? I mean, what do you, I mean, he's he's obviously going to be in the division now, so yeah. um, so what do we, what do we, I kind of, I always think of him as sort of a um, a cross between Drew Locke and and Jared Goff. You know, um, he's got kind of more of the Jared Goff build, but um, but he's got that uh, sort of uh, fu kind of mechanics of yeah. uh, uh, an an arm of Drew Locke. Um, he can really wing it. He can really throw yeah, the ball. Sexy arm uh, talent. I really yeah, like the definitely. arm talent. I don't like the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think no. that, I don't think that's accurate. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life all day, every day at um, at Texas Tech. Whereas, and this is a huge part of the story with uh, Zach, with Kyle Wilson, um, is that he had he had all the time and space in the world behind that BYU offense, and not just because the offensive line was so good, but they didn't play anybody. <laughs> they, they didn't play hardly anybody. Um, so, you know, Brady Christensen, fen- phenomenal left tackle, uh, BYU had a, had a very strong and stout, uh, line in front of him. And, and the few times when you start to see holes in the story with Zach Wilson are when the pressure started to get on, you know? And, um, and I think that that's, that's meaningful because it, what it means is we, it's a wild card. We don't know. We don't know. There's a lot. We don't know about him. Uh, what he's going to do in the NFL when the pocket gets a lot trashier. Um, I, I do wonder about that. I did like the poise that he showed at the end of the Coastal Carolina game, really coming back hard on them. Um, I think that that was, that was a meaningful, uh, you know, thing to see from him. So he's got talent and and he's potentially got poise. Um, Obviously, you know, he can wing it, but the pressure thing that's to me, that's going to haunt yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he gives me strong Derek Carr vibes, and I don't think that's that that's a knock. Like, I don't think anybody, if you're a Jet fan and you get Derek Carr for the next ten years, you know, be happy with that because you haven't had anything else for the previous what thirty. So you know, don't name it. I, I guess two years of Richard Todd. You got you got two years of Richard Todd, which was okay. You got one year or two years of Boomer Esiason, which was average play. Pennington for two years. You haven't had, you know, a long-term answer. Yeah, he's Derek Carr, I would say. Richard Todd reference. I mean, man. Wow. By the way, Simon, you revealed earlier that um, Zach Wilson has uh, ADHD. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I did a piece for him for the uh, piece with him for the magazine three or four months ago. Um, he's got a couple of off-field issues. You know, he's torn labrum, a broken thumb in 2019. And he suffers from ADHD, um, although he's um, medicated and um, has it under control. Um, 
So, yeah, but I mean, to me, he's an, an absolute fit in that sort of Shanahan, McVeigh, Gary Kubiak style bootleg offense. Um, and the biggest question marks for me are the things he hasn't had to deal with the level of opposition, the skill set under pressure, as Chris mentioned. But if you focus on the throws, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot that's to work all. with. That's, that's some talent, yeah. right? <laughs> Man, that's some serious talent. So, we, we, we all consensus Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets. Yes. Yeah. Um, the intriguing. The intriguing pick really is number four, but this is pretty intriguing. The 49ers and everything that you read from kind of trusted um, NFL media people and the person I put most of my trust in is Peter King. Um, And Peter says that from the people that he's talked to, that the 49ers moved up with the Dolphins, not at the time knowing exactly who they wanted, but that they were... They knew they were going to get one of the three guys, whether that was Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, and then we're going to continue the process. They obviously had feelings and thoughts about how that would play out, but having to see them firsthand, going to see them at pro days, all three of them ran two pro days. What are we thinking here? Because there is not a single part of me that believes that Mac Jones can possibly, that you can give up two first-rounders to go up and get Mac Jones, because to me, Mac Jones is still going to be available at twelve. Unless, unless we as, um, you know, sideline ham radio analysts of the NFL <laughs> and the draft are so out of touch. And look, it happens, but are so out of touch with, with consensus thinking within the parameters of the, the league itself, within what scouts are doing. In the mock draft I did for the magazine, I have Justin Fields here because I think his combination of athletic ability and arm talent and that 49er system, which eliminates those issues that he has. Um, mainly his internal clock, keeping the ball too long, those sorts of things. I, I, I think to me that makes it a natural fit. He's mobile. He's a leader, clearly. He's got a great arm. Um, is it going to be Mac Jones? I mean, that would be a shocker, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think. I don't think it. I don't think it could be Mac. If it is Mac Jones, they're going to be mocked, and not only are they going to be mocked. I don't know if you've read. I, I tend to read everybody's beat guys. Because I want to know what you know the, the league is thinking, and I don't necessarily learn anything by listening to ESPN or NFL Network. You got to read those beat guys. Mm. The San Francisco 49ers group of beat guys are the most relentless and negative and downright mean group in the entire NFL. If they take Mac Jones at number three, there's gonna there's gonna be issues, and they're gonna call into question everything that they're doing over there. It has to be Justin Fields, at least in my opinion. And they'll deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll deserve it. That's three first-round picks to go up and get Matt for, for Mac Jones. Crazy. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't foot, you know? No. It just doesn't make sense. So um, who, are we, who are we going here? Are we going Fields or Lance or, or Jones? Because Fields. My, my yeah. vote is Fields. Yeah, um, I think I think that the, there's, a, there's a... So listen, if you... I don't know if I buy the thing about, like... They didn't have a guy in mind like they, you know, just just one of them is going to be fine. That's and mm. we're going to give three first round picks for just one of three guys, you know, like I I kind of think. So listen, uh, Justin Fields has been working with QB Collective since high school, right? Mm. QB Collective. If you that is a, that's a quarterback, you know, training ground. Um, and and if you look at the the coaches that are always part of it the NFL coaches that are taking part that are um, that are teaching that are, it is, it is a Shanahan playground. 
Okay. It is, uh, it is senior Mike Shanahan. It is Kyle Shanahan. And it is every one of those assistant coaches that, that you've seen working for the Shanahan's, including the 49ers offensive coordinator right now. Um, you know, and, and the, uh, the, you know, the LaFleurs and, you know, everybody um, it's, it's just the guys and the guys out in uh, out in with the Rams now, you know, those, those guys uh, it's just, it's just a big Shanahan camp basically. And Justin Fields has been part of it since high school and been like a big part of it since high school, like a, a big, um, a big deal there. Uh, they've been really, you know, pumping him. They like him. Uh, he was recruited by Harvard <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to try to play uh, out of high school. I don't think that, you know, there are some things that are going on. I think that are probably a little bit unfair about him. Um, you know, there's some, some whispers and stuff like that about work ethic and, and, you know, um, intelligence, things like that. I don't think that, I don't think that that's, um, that's, you know, good. Um, it speaks well to the people that say those type of things. I think that he, it's possible that they've had their eyes or that Kyle Shanahan has had his eyes on this kid for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's really, and, and that makes sense. Like, okay, you had your eye on this guy from high school. You know what a nuclear talent. He runs a 4-4. He's got a you know, nice arm. You know what a nuclear talent this kid is. And, you know, recruited by Harvard. Very smart. Impresses people on the board. Everything. Um, and you've known for a while. Okay, now that makes sense. Let's, pl- let's spend three first-round picks on him. You know? and, and I think that there's synergy between the mobile quarterback, a guy with, uh, with his legs, and that Kyle Shanahan offense, there, there always has been. They're always, you know, going back to Mike Shanahan, going back to the, you know, we're talking about John Elway and, um, and Jake the Snake and, you know, uh, th- those kinds of things. Look at what they did with RG3 as a, uh, as a, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, he had, he had a phenomenal rookie year until egos really got into it, egos and injuries. Um, and so I think that, uh, I think that that's where they'll, they'll head. They'll head for the, for the mobile guy, possibly the guy that Kyle Shanahan has eyeball, been eyeballing for three, four years. And, uh, and that's where I'm going to go. Okay. The Atlanta Falcons, most people think the draft starts at pick number four. Do they stay where they are? Do they take uh, a quarterback to replace Matt Ryan, knowing the difficulties? It's twofold. The difficulties of trading or cutting Matt Ryan, given the contract extension that he had, but also knowing that as we stand now, the 2022 draft for quarterbacks doesn't look as strong and obviously uh arthur blank hoping that atlanta won't be in this position again therefore you know it's more difficult to get a quarterback and could you take a quarterback like a trey lance who's left on the board and fits very well the arthur smith system knowing that you're going to pretty much do what green bay is going to do with jordan love what are we thinking with the falcons because obviously if it's not quarterback then it's best player available and if it's best player available it's Carl Pitts who we're hoping falls to six. What what do you think could happen? Do you think Atlanta could trade out? There's going to be a team, maybe the Panthers, maybe the Broncos, probably not the Eagles, maybe the Patriots. Maybe, I mean, beyond that point, beyond 15, you know, Washington and Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a long way to go from 24 to four. You're going to have to give up a, a, a whole, but you know, a quarterback's a quarterback, you know. What do we think about the Falcons? What, what will they? I mean, could, could the Falcons take a third round pick from the Dolphins? That that 49ers third round pick to swap positions so the Dolphins guarantee they get 
carpets if that's who they want. I mean, where where do we see the Falcons pick going? Because I in the mock draft of the magazine, I have them taking Trey Lance. So, what do you think? Yeah, if they don't take Trey Lance, then this is the spot where they pull a power play. I don't see them. You know, I would say if I'm in charge of the Falcons and I'm not necessarily into Trey Lance, I think I trade out of here because I think you can get a sizable haul for him because I think it's the last chance. If you look at some of these teams, like Carolina, it's their last chance to get up there. It's Denver, their last chance. Because if the Atlanta Falcons are at four and they just say, you know what, give me Kyle Pitts. First of all, it would be a good pit pick. I have them going there in my last mock draft. But then number five, Cincinnati. Maybe Cincinnati pulls the power play with somebody. Or maybe Miami pulls the power play. So I think there's a, an opportunity to get a haul if it's if they use the pick. And since we're not trading here, I say it's BPA and BPA is Kyle Pitts. You, you said last chance there. And Kyle Pitts offers last chance in that it's last chance with Matt Ryan to yes. make a run. And you look at Julio Jones, you look at Calvin Ridley, you look at uh, Zacchaeus, who played pretty well, had 300, 400 yards. So Russell Gage is still there. Hayden Hurst at tight end, who they traded for with the Ravens. You know, you, all of a sudden, you know, you've got a Matt Ryan, who's still an above average NFL quarterback. You've got Julio, you've got Calvin Ridley, you've got Zacchaeus, you've got Hayden Hurst, you've got Kyle Pitts. That's some serious last chance weaponry for for an aging quarterback to try and have one last run, isn't it? I mean, it makes a lot of sense for a, for an Arthur Smith who absolutely thrived with John O. Smith doing the sort of stuff you could absolutely see Carl Pitts doing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and since we're not making a trade, that's where I go. Uh, if I'm running the team, I'm thinking about the next three, four years, and I'm essentially giving up on the the Matt Ryan era. And I would trade the pick for a haul because I, I do believe it's valuable. Uh, I think that pick is valuable. To some Chris, of what do you think? I think, um, first off, Matt Ryan, uh, it's, it is cap prohibitive for them to cut him, um, mm. for them to move on from him even next year, even next year at, in 2022 uh, as a 37-year-old. So if we're thinking about quarterback here, then you're looking at, you're looking at a Trey Lance sitting the bench for two years, not just one year. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't certain, some teams feel, might feel that's okay. Um, some teams, you know, at, at number four overall, maybe not. Um, so, but the, the thing that gives me hesitation about just plugging in Kyle Pitts for them is, is that there's clearly been a, an effort to pump Kyle Pitts and the possibility of a trade um, for Kyle Pitts at number four overall. Uh, and I think that they could be attempting to get Miami to, to plump up for, for, that, uh, for that pick to go up from six to four and, and get Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, there's, I just read there's talk around the league that Kyle Pitts is so good, you know, maybe somebody will trade a first round pick to, um, to, you know, to move up and get him, that he might be viewed as worth it. I think that that strikes me as sort of like things that Atlanta's putting out there. But um, so I don't know. I don't know if they're just trying to, to stir something up, uh, drum up interest in the pick. Um, I don't know if they're going to get their way, honestly, uh, with respect to the, uh, the trading. I think that they're just going to have to sit down and take the pick. And because of the cap situation, because of where they are as a team um, and Matt Ryan, I think they are, as you say, at a weapon like Kyle Pitts, 
and just uh, just try and try and win it all. And I think that I would note that their coach Arthur Smith. I mean, they used they used uh, some of the most two tight end in the league in uh, in Tennessee, and uh, and so Kyle Pitts would be you know more than natural, I guess, for that for that team in uh, in Atlanta. So what are we going with? Who are we who are we picking here? I got Kyle. Pitts. I say Pitts. Yeah. Well, two to one then. So it's Kyle Pitts to the Falcons at four. In our mock draft, you're listening to the three yards per carry mock draft. The Cincinnati Bengals are up next. Pick number five. I mean, protecting Joe Burrow has to be Zach Taylor's biggest priority, doesn't it? I mean, I thought the most intriguing thing about those pictures that were released the other day of the new uniforms the Bengals had wasn't the new uniforms. It was the enormous scar on Joe Burrow's knee. And, <laughs> and I don't think signing Riley Reef changes the fact that that offensive line needs to significantly improve. You know, you've got a quarterback you've, you've invested in. He's the first overall pick. He's the face of your franchise off the field. He's the face of the franchise on the field. He's the guy you build around for the future. And yet he got, you know, beaten up and then he had his his ACL torn on a on a monster hit. You've got to take Penny Sewell or, or Rashawn Slater, haven't you? I mean, you've got to. I mean, as much as, you know, he might want Jamar Chase, you can come out of this draft having taken Penny Sewell at five and Terrace Marshall in the 30s if he makes it. Uh, to me, that's an absolute no-brainer. You've got to protect this kid. Now, let me ask you this, Simon. They used 11th overall on Jonah Williams a year ago. Yeah. Is it playing, just... playing guard, playing right tackle? I mean, okay. Well, I guess that doesn't, that doesn't bode well I... for Zach Taylor taking a guard at 11th overall last year. But I don't know. I, I, Do you think, I think Riley they... Reef? I think Riley Reef is there to play left tackle. And I think, uh, oh, I think Jonah uh... Williams is going to play right tackle. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. You think, Simon, that maybe they could say, hey, we took Jonah Williams last year, 11th overall. What do you mean we need a tackle? That was Let's two years get, ago, though, wasn't it? Uh, 2019, yeah, two years yeah. ago. Yeah. So do you think that they might they might convince themselves and say, nah, you know, we got our tackle set right now. Let's go get Jamar Chase. Do you think that there's that could happen? If you are Zach Taylor and you believe that Riley Reef is the answer to the question, how can I protect Joe Burrow, then you probably shouldn't be in gainful employment. <laughs> but That's why sign him then? My take. Well, you sign him because, I mean, fuck knows, why would you sign him? <laughs> I, but, you know, a Minnesota Vikings cast off who couldn't protect uh, Kirk Cousins is all of a sudden going to protect Joe Burrow? I, you know. They did, they did, it's not like they gave him a veteran's minimum contract. No, I mean, I you, mean got a, you got seven and a half million dollars. But maybe you're playing him right tackle and you're kicking Jonah Williams inside. You know who's their swing tackle, right? I mean, Isaiah Prince. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. There's your answer. No. So, I mean, so are you boys thinking Jamar Chase? I am thinking Jamar Chase. I think, I that, think, I think, I think that, that they'll Burrow convince themselves. I think that they're going to sit down and, and, and if you look at the interior of the line, you know, Billy Price is, I, I guess he's an okay center. He's, he had a decent year. Quit, they just signed Quentin Spain. So I guess Quentin Spain's going to play one of the guard spots. I don't know. I think they'll convince themselves. I think that they're going to, they're going to say, maybe we'll, we'll dip into a tackle in the second round. Let's go get Joe Burrow, the guy that, that helped them get the, the the greatest season in the history of college football. So I, yeah, I would say and the magic, the magic that Joe Burrow had at LSU, you could really argue. I mean, you're not going to, you're probably not going to argue that it was because, you know, because of, um, 
the uh, God, what was the what was the left tackle's name? Uh, um, Charles. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, who's who's not really Sadiq Charles. Sadiq Charles. Uh, you know, probably probably not so much him. It was it was who he was throwing to. I mean, he's throwing to Justin Jefferson and uh, and Jamar Chase and uh, Terrace Marshall and um, and and Randy Moss's kid. You know, and so I think that I think that they're gonna they're gonna look at that and they're gonna start convincing themselves. Well, you know, we we bought this guy for a reason. We we got Joe Burrow for a reason. Let's, you know, he can he can really lead us to mega offense if he, if we put those weapons around him. That's why we got him. And um and you know, with the quarterback himself coming in your office and saying, please you know, on Jamar Chase, it's really hard. It's really hard to just um, look him in the eye and say, no, you know, especially with Jamar Chase, if it'd be different if Jamar Chase wasn't such a consensus rated player for, for five, you know, that high, if he wasn't so consensus rated high, then, then it'd be a different story, but he is, he is being considered an elite player in this draft. It's Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase is what everybody is saying among the non quarterbacks. Um, so that's that's tough. That's T tough Higgins, to, uh... T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase is pretty sexy. I mean, yeah, you know, and but... Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's been a, a good back in the league he's whenever he's been healthy. So, yeah, and that's so, what he had at LSU. So you know? we're going, um, we're going with you with you again. I know. Um, so Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, the Miami. Football Dolphins are the sixth pick. Uh, no Jamal Chase, no Carl Pitts, but Penny Sewell is still on our board, as is Devonta Smith, as is Jalen Waddle, as is Rashawn Slater. What okay. are we thinking? As is Mika Parsons, as is Quitty Pay. What are we thinking, gentlemen, for the Miami Dolphins at pick number six? Well, what, I'm, what was I'm the Vegas probably... odds again? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, offense, it was minus fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, offense I'm, over defense. I'm calling Carolina and seeing what you know if they want the pick at this point because I think the choice you need a pass catcher. Like you can't spend all this time talking about it and then you know doing something else. If Trey Lance and Mac Jones are still on the board here, Dolphins you- are absolutely trading this pick. You're expecting calls from the Broncos and Carolina, the Patriots. I don't think the Carolina Panthers. I don't think, I think Carolina either. Okay. I think they're out. Washington, nine. Would you go all the Absol- way back to nineteen? I think Washington and Chicago might be calling, and and th- those might be the most compelling packages. That, and I, that but I think that Denver. Table. I think Denver is. You can safely trade back to where Denver is. And get Waddle, I believe. Yeah, but will Denver safely trade up? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I don't think Detroit is going to take a quarterback, and, I don't, and Carolina is, and like we said, uh, you know, or Simon and I think anyway, Carolina's out. Um, so if the, if the Den- Chicago Denver Bears, could stare it down. Yeah, if the Chicago Bears offer you the twenty, the twenty twenty two first rounder, and the twenty twenty three first rounder. And you're missing out, though, on the opportunity to get one of Pitts, Chase, Smith, and Waddle. Do you take it? It's it's too much. I have to take it. It's three first-round picks. Well, two first-round picks. 
and the premium. Yeah, I, I'd probably take it. I'd probably take it. And then I start, you know, reshuffling my board for a pass catcher. Because you have shot Bateman at, at 20. You'd maybe. have picks at 18, 20, 36, 50, plus two first rounders next year and two first rounders in 2023. Yeah, you almost have to do it, right? And I hope, I, by the way, I do hope San Francisco does take Mac Jones because I think those San Francisco picks are going to be really high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's too tempting, right? It's just, it's just too much. I mean, you, you'll cry about it because yeah. we really got, obviously we got our hearts set on some players at, yeah. in the top 10 and six. Speaking, but, speaking of our hearts set on players, what are we thinking for our mock draft? No trades. Um, right. It comes down really to Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. By the way, that this board has fallen. What what are we thinking here? Earlier today, I made a list of every single Heisman Trophy winner that was not a quarterback since 1974. It's about 20 of them, 24 of them. There's one bust in the entire group, and that's Rashawn Salam. To be a receiver. Oh no! What about Desmond Howard? I don't. I wouldn't call Desmond Howard a bust. What do you have? Like a hundred catches in the NFL? No, but it, I don't. I wouldn't call him uh, where he was drafted. Would you call him a bust? Well, okay. And um, are we saying all right a bust? I mean, I'm just. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we go with bust and not and just like were they good players or not? Um, but I think Desmond yeah. Howard was a good player. No. Let Let's me. See. He he had. Well, he did play for a while. Um, okay. He had he had. 244 catches. Oh no! Wait, no. What, what am I looking at? He's, he was a he was a return man. Um, yeah, Desmond Howard here. Uh, he was he had a return man. 123 catches. 123 catches for 1600 yards in a 10 year career, and he was primarily primarily a return man. Um, yeah, he has eight punt return touchdowns. Is that correct? Uh, Is that what he did with his career? It, no, those are yes. eight receiving touchdowns. No, these are these are eight punt return touchdowns. So he had eight punt returns. So he was, he essentially was a specialist, a one a, you know one a year, <laughs> got a touchdown. Yeah, a year. yeah. Um, so yeah, I which, would say that that yeah he that's that's not what they expected with that pick. So you could you could call him a bust. He had one productive season. You know he's essentially a specialist. Yeah, he, was, he was he was fourth overall. I forgot he was fourth overall. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, so it's like there. there's not – your point is there's not many busts among the non-quarterback um, Heismans. And I think it's a good point, but it's just – it's also like one of the w- ones that was a bust was a receiver. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and the other like, ones were Shad Salam, but that was injury-wise. Right. He, he had a 1,000 sure. yards rushing as a rookie. So, man, I don't know. I don't know how you could look at the production that Devonta Smith has and, you know, and then just take his teammate. I don't get it. Like, how can you, how do you justify that? I, and I'll tell you if it, if it does come to that and I don't mind them doing this, if it comes down to they're in the draft room and it shakes out exactly how we've laid it out here and they decide, okay, it's going to be Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle. Why not have two of the side? If he tells you one guy's better than the other, don't you have to listen to him, Simon? I think you have to listen. Um, I mean, I would take Devonta Smith. I I would be most I disappointed if not. 
I would be more disappointed if we took Jalen Waddle than any of those four receivers slash tight end that we've we've talked about. I mean, not that I don't like Waddle because I do, but you know, you compare the production, you compare the injuries, you compare the size. You know, people talking about Devonta Smith is too small, 166 pounds. You know, guys, Jalen Waddle is five foot nine and 172 pounds, dripping wet. So let's you know, let's be realistic here. Um, you know. I would always take the guy that runs better routes, that's got better hands, um, and is already really good. You know, Jalen Waddle is obviously a good player. There's just much more for him to, you know, ceiling might be higher, but his floor is significantly lower. And I think, you know, you've just got to be, it's just, it's a year to be safe because of all the, the, the things that we have been out of everybody's control, you know, and to me, Devonta Smith is a really good, safe pick player and I would take Devonta Smith at this point and if I took if, if the Dolphins took Jalen Waddle over Smith I'd be pretty disappointed I've got to say yeah, I, I don't, know, I don't know how you justify it I take Devonta Smith but I think the Dolphins take Jalen Waddle hmm. and that's that's the truth and that's I, I think I I think I don't want to be because we we run around because this thing lasts for so long with draft season right goes goes so long we we run ourselves around in circles right and we've got way too long to think about this mm-hmm. and sometimes you wonder if um if we we overthink it they have Will Fuller on the outside they have uh, Devonte Parker on the on the outside they have nobody on the inside and Jalen Waddle is a slot receiver that is what he is you know that's what what he's been in Alabama and he's not just a slot receiver what he would do to the defensive spacing with Will Fuller on the outside and Jalen Waddle on the inside, what the, the fronts that they're, they're going to see, the defenses that they're going to see will get that run game started again, you know? And, and that's what I think, that's what I think they have to be looking at as the fit, you know, in addition to being a good player, listen, NFL teams have them rated this high, Jalen Waddle. They, they're, they love them. And I've said for a while now, you know, you go to that G- GPS data and stuff like that. He, he is he is traveling on that field at a different speed than everybody else. And, and it's not the 40, it's not 40 speed, it's field speed. And, um, and I think that that's, that's what's compelling teams about him. In addition to being a phenomenal character, you know, Nick Saban said that this is two years in a row that the most, probably the most popular player in the locker room um, went down with injury because last year it was, you know, it was Tua obviously. And then, and then this year, Jalen Waddle, everybody loves the guy. He's infectious personality, hard worker. Um, you know, everything that you could say about Devonta Smith and his personality, I think it probably also goes for Jalen Waddle. And, and I think that, um, you know, just looking at the fit and what he could, you know, they're going to stare down, like what could he mean to our offense? And I think that they, they might pull the trigger there and just say, this is, I mean, tr- when you went to Trent Dilfer, nobody knows to a quite so well as Trent Dilfer. Right. Um, mm. And when, when he goes on a podcast at the beginning of draft season and, um, and it is like, what, what does Miami have to do to get, to get to a jump started? First words out of his mouth were Jalen Waddle. He, he said, I'd go, I'd go draft Jalen Waddle. He didn't say Devonta Smith. You know, and I, I noted that and I was like, why is that? You know what? And um, that's, it, it stuck with me. So I think the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins might be, ha- might have their eyes on Jalen Waddle here. And it, we, we disagree with, it. I would take Devonta Smith. I'm with you, but yeah. um, 
And I'll yeah. I, and let me say this: if we if we're gonna read some some tea leaves here, if you this this little gambit that they pulled trading to twelve and then moving back up to six, uh, you know Chris Greer essentially kind of confirmed that the plan was to end up where they ended up. So it was essentially a three-team deal, right? If you're moving to six, you're essentially screaming to everybody, Jalen Waddle, aren't you? Because Cal Pitts, you just – at number three, you guarantee yourself Cal Pitts. Right. Now he's no longer a guarantee. So you're making the conversation about Devonta Smith – and Jalen Waddle because you had to have a, an inkling that Jamar Chase could go to Cincinnati. So you're putting Jamar Chase in jeopardy, moving down to six. So essentially this whole little gambit is kind of telling us that the question is Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. No? Uh, you know, this is just, you know, two plus two type of stuff, but doesn't that make a little sense? So who are we going for? Because it's one thirty in the morning and uh, we've still got <laughs> 11 picks to go through. Yeah, we'll burn through the next picks after Miami, I think. But um, Yeah, I'll, I would take Devonta Smith. He's, he's the better player on the same Smith. team. Are we are we on the basis of who, who we take or are we on the basis of who we think? Let's do take? who we take and next week with the proper draft show, let's do who we think they'll take. Okay. Right. So we go Devonta Smith, yeah? Devonta Smith. Number seven, the, 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 the number seven, the Detroit Lions. Now, in my mock for the magazine, I had Jamar Chase falling to this point. I mean, they have nobody at receiver, and obviously gives Jared Goff some fairly immediate juice. Would they take uh, the one receiver that doesn't? Uh, the Jaylen Dolphins Waddle. don't take. So, I Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Uh, if Penny Sol is on the board, how do they? Uh, yeah. Well, right. didn't they pay Taylor Decker a, a ton of money? A ton of money. So, yeah, so you, could, could be, you could play Penny Sewell at left guard. You could, I mean, that's no, a hell of I a. Don't think, I don't think a, they're going to take no, him high to take and play him at no, left guard, right? Just for the just for the time being, I think. But, you know, that gives you Decker, Sewell, Frank Ragnow. I mean, that's a hell mm-hmm. of a uh, left side and middle. And of that's, that. right up, uh, that's right up Campbell's alley now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, see, that's what I'm thinking is Dan smash Campbell, mouth man, man Campbell, smash mouth, you know, he's got Taylor Decker, you know, and, and now he gets Penn so who, who we've talked about can play on the right side. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, that's a tough one. That's a legit tough one. Jalen Waddle or, uh, or, or Penn Aisle. Mm. Interesting. Who are we going for? Penn Aisle, I would say. I mean, their receivers currently are Geronimo Allison, Victor Bolden, Quintus Cephas, Tom Kennedy, Damian Ratley, Khalif Red- Raymond, Tyrell Williams, and Brashad Perryman. Oh, geez, they got nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> it's Jalen. It's, it's got to be Jalen Waddle. I mean, their offensive yeah. line, you know, they've got Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, uh, Logan Stenberg, um, uh, Vitae, who started at left tackle in the Super Bowl for the Eagles, you know, so they've got bodies. Um, you know, you could get a Liam Eichenberg if you want to go left tackle. I mean, it's you know, I'm not sure Jared Goff's going to be entirely thankful of that receiver lineup. I know there's TJ. But they have, they have two guys that can play. They have guys that can play on the outside with Tyrell Williams and yeah, Perriman, yeah. and and you know, so Jalen Waddle, kind of a natural fit there too because of his being a slot. So we go Waddle. Sorry, I'm yawning. It's not on purpose. Are we going Waddle? <laughs> yeah, Waddle. Uh, yeah, I'll change my vote to Waddle. 
Nice. Carolina at eight. Uh, in the magazine, I've gone Patrick Satan uh, with the four. But, you know, they've they've signed Sam Darnold, as we know. They could take Penny Sewell here. They could take Rashawn yeah. Slater. Absolutely. It'll be Penny Sewell. You know why? Because in the depth issue. chart, their starting left tackle is Cameron Irving. So that's all you need to know. There you go. Are we all agree, Penny Sewell? I yeah. I think they might I think they might be the they might be the team. There's there's supposedly teams out there that have Rashawn Slater Rashawn above Slater. Penny Sewell, yeah. Sewell. And I wonder I wonder if that's the team that is, you know. Um I had them in my mock draft. I had them taking Rashawn Slater, but that was easy because Penny was off, off the board. Uh, you know, I guess if we're making it easy on ourselves, we'll go with Penny Sewell, I guess. But uh, okay. The Denver Broncos at number nine. Again, there are still a quarterback. There are still two quarterbacks on the board here. There are also two big corners, and they struggled mightily at cornerback last year. In the magazine, I've gone for JC Horn, but we've got Trey Lance and Mac Jones on this board currently. What are we thinking? There's no way that they stare at those two quarterbacks. And I know we've we've talked enough about Mac Jones on this podcast and others. But I think they take Trey Lance. Uh, there's no way you look at Drew Locke and say, okay, we're good here. Like, they'll take Trey Lance. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I would, that's, what I, that's what I have. They did sign Kyle Fuller at corner. Yeah, that's, that's yeah very and, true. And Ronald Dirt and Darby. So, um, that's, you know, they, they shored that up. So, I would go with Trey Lance. Yeah, Fuller's a good signing, actually. Yeah, Fuller's a good signing. Oh, he's a good player. Yeah, a very good player. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys at number 10. I, I think this su- one easy. No, it's well, it's uh, got to be that Pastor remaining Tan. tackle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get you get Trevon Diggs and Patrick Sertan. You, you start with something. Their defense was historically bad last year. I think that's a, that's a pretty good start. I, th- I think they take the remaining tackle. That offensive line is falling off a cliff, and you've got. Your injured quarterback coming back, who you've just paid. Super For what dollars. it's worth, the uh, the betting line on whether they go offense and defense is defense minus five hundred. <laughs> so it's uh, that's a remember Tyron strong... Smith is coming back, Simon. Yeah, from his eight thousandth injury over the last couple of years. <laughs> and Leo Collins should be getting a contract soon. So I don't know, Simon. You think it would be Pat if it was between Pat Sertan and J.C. Horn? Who do you think they would do? Uh, oh, I mean, they're one and one A, mate, aren't they? I mean, I, I think yeah, probably, I think probably Sertan. Yeah, um, that's my guess as well. But yeah, so we we're going Sertan over uh, over um, a lineman here. Yeah, two yeah, Alabama that's, corners. That's, that's cool. What I'd have. Cool. Uh, number 11, the New York football giants, desperate in what could be the final year of Daniel Jones's tenure, um, looking for a weapon, but there are no weapons on the board because we have Waddle, Smith, um, Chase, and Pitts all gone. What would you do if you were Dave Getterman and Joe Judge here? I think uh, you want something for the middle of that defense, no? M- uh, Micah Parsons starts to make a little sense here. Zayvon Collins makes a little sense. Do they help out... Um, Daniel Jones? I don't think anything is going to help Daniel Jones at this point. So, surely well, they're, not, they're surely not going to agree with it. Surely you've got to facilitate him as best you can, though, right? But they just, they oh, just absolutely. Plunk, they just plunked down a lot of money for Kenny Galladay. So, um, yeah. You know, yeah, and I if you look that at that helps. offense, uh, on, on the offensive line, Nate Solder's still there. Andrew Thomas should mm-hmm. take over that spot for good. Matt Peart is the right tackle. Shane Lemieux is their left guard. Remember him out of Oregon? So 
you know, it, it looks like they're building something on that offensive line. Zach Fulton is their right guard. There's always oh. there's always shocks in the draft. There's always players that go higher. And consistently over the past two months, one name has stood out to me, certainly, of players that um, the NFL clearly values much higher than everybody else. Now, I'm not saying he is worthy of the 11th overall pick at all. But the name Elijah Moore of Old Miss continues to be talked of in much higher regard than than a lot of us seem to think so. Mm-hmm. Would you, could you, in the history of NFL shocks that we've obviously had in the draft, could you see Elijah Moore going as high as 11? Henry Ruggs went last year, what, eighth? So it, It's the GM to do it, though, right? Yeah, isn't Dave it? Gettle, Dave Gettleman's a total, like, I don't care what anybody thinks guy. Um, <laughs> this is the guy that had a Rolodex on his, on his in desk the end, last year, I, In remember? the end, I say no, though, because of, uh, you know, Ken, the huge, the huge signing, Ken, the monster contract to mm. Kenny Galladay. Um, and Sterling, the presence of Sterling Shepard is quite good. Um, they get Darius Slayton. I mean, that. They just signed John Ross, who Miami evidently tried to try to get even after, you know, um, even despite what they've uh, what they've already done. Another reason I vote I, I, I voted for Miami going Jalen Waddle is they're just they're they're on the speed kick right now. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I think they've got the receiver. I, I really think I, I think defensive front. I think, yes, they just re-signed Leonard Williams. But, uh, you know, I think that they're going to. They're going to want somebody up. I, I think a quitty pay could go here, you know, um, mm. somebody, somebody uh, on the end, you know, that a bigger, stronger body uh, because Lorenzo Carter's, you know, kind of a light rusher, you know, he's, he's kind of, they call, you know, I've heard it referred to as like a fifth rusher almost, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that, uh, I think that you could be looking at this is quitty pay spot. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could certainly see that with no weapons on the, on the, the ball and Rashad Bateman who I like an awful lot you wonder about Bateman and uh Golladay in terms of skill sets and those sorts right. of things and um so we're going with uh your choice there Chris for the Giants I, for Quiddy Pay that's my vote Quiddy Pay yeah I can yeah, see that makes a lot of sense I can see that the Philadelphia Eagles um obviously were uh up they then moved down with us um from six down to twelve Again, another team that could use uh, receiver help, but also a team that could use cornerback help. And to me, I see the big name of J.C. Horn out there. Yeah. Right. Um, seems to make an awful lot of sense, right? Absolutely. And for for years, we've been hearing about them needing a wide receiver. But the, at the same time, we've been hearing them needing a cornerback. They spent money on Darius Slay. I don't think that that gave them the returns they expected. I think it makes sense. Perfect sense. J.C. Horn here. Yeah. Also, they just spent. They don't want to. I mean, there's optics involved of taking a receiver again. Yeah. Um, they just took Jalen Rieger right mm-hmm. last year in the first round, and remember the uh, the Vikings were the video. on camera, yeah. on video laughing, yeah. um, because they passed over Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We I think, know how I think you're did. right about corner J.C. Horn. <laughs> Uh, the LA Chargers at 13. Um, in the magazine, I gave them Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, hmm. They need offensive line help uh, in a big way. Obviously, Justin Herbert had the monster year, and you kind of want to keep him much as you do with Joe Burrow. You kind of want to keep him healthy and upright. 
We haven't picked Rashawn Slater at this point, have we, or have we? Yeah, no. I think no. I, think, I'm not. I, I think he picks himself here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he I makes mean, too much sense. Yeah, uh, they don't have much. They don't have much on that offensive line, and they have, conveniently enough, they have a gaping hole at left tackle, as of right now, because their left ta- left tackle is called is something called Trey Pipkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and last I checked, let me see, Trey Pipkins drafted in round three in 2019. Yeah, that's not big. who's going to... He's a, he's a, big he's a huge, huge yeah. human being. Yeah. I don't think that's who's protecting no. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Now, this is, this, is a build, this is a build around. You've, you've nailed Justin Herbert. You build around him now. Yeah. So Sean Slater, the time is up. Similarly, the Minnesota Vikings at 14, uh, they kicked Ezra Cleveland to guard. There is no starting caliber left tackle on the roster because we talked about Riley Reef going to the Cincinnati Bengals. In the magazine, I had them taking Christian Darasaw. Uh, Vera Tucker is on the board still. Darasaw is there. Are we thinking offensive line or are we thinking something else for the Vikings? I, I look at that defensive line and that, that flex 4-3 that they're playing and Levi Onzoriki. I think makes a ton of sense here, doesn't he? Feels he a little would, high. But I, for think, him. I think I think Christian Barmore is more their cup. Yeah, uh, really? to me because they they have a history of they have a history in that uh, particular defense with um, penetrating defensive tackles. Um, you know, Tom Johnson comes to mind. Uh, you know, the, the, if you it's a similar defense. Remember Cincinnati? They had um, what's his name, uh, Geno Atkins. I think that. I think the Barmore, I have Barmore mocked here personally. Um, and that's where I, I think that they could go that way because the, there's a real, there's a real benefit in that defense to a guy that can penetrate like that. So we're going left tackle or defensive lineman. Given Barmore's got some issues off the field as well. He does. That's true. Um, and see. no left uh, tackle. Ryan o- yeah. O'Neal's a right no tackle, isn't he? No real left tackle. Because well, unless they're thinking of moving Ezra Cleveland, but they they made a big point of yeah. saying that he was going to be a guard. Yeah, right so now on the, the depth is Rashad Hill. Yeah, I mean, mm. yeah, he was a UDFA, I believe. They have, yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair point, man. Um, you know, Elijah Vero Tucker could he play left tackle? Yeah, Vera, oh, absolutely. That's 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 honestly the only position I'm interested in. Him. Yeah. I don't like him as much at guard. He he just wasn't as interesting when he had to sit down at guard. When he when he has when he gets to play a little higher and more athletically, yeah. At tackle, Vera Tucker or Darisol. Vera Tucker. Okay. I think I'll, the NFL's higher on him than yeah. a lot of people. I kind of like uh, Darisol a little bit better for them because I like Vera Tucker for somebody else. But if we're <laughs> if the consensus is going to be a, uh, an offensive lineman, I'll go Vera Tucker since you have Vera Tucker, Simon. Yeah, I like Vera Tucker there. The New England Football Patriots can sit exactly Mac where Jones. they are, and Mac Jones is still on the board. So, I mean, the fit—that's <laughs> what I have too. <laughs> the fit sort of seems too good to pass up, and yeah, McDaniel's system might negate some of his limitations athletically because obviously Josh has worked for so long with an unathletic quarterback in um, Mr. Tom Brady. Jones, yes, on my board, on my mini board here, I have. Possible dropping, uh, dropping to them. J.C. Horn is who I would have them taking if Mac Jones is gone. But I have Mac Jones right under him, so it'll be some, Mac Jones. There's some Stephen Gilmore in uh, in J.C. Horn, so I oh, can certainly see that oh, being, big a, big being a fit. 
The Arizona Cardinals, the oldest team in the National Football League. What are we thinking in terms of... I mean, for me in the magazine, I had Greg Newsom because although they signed Malcolm Butler and Robert Alford, they were just one-year deals and that secondary on the on the perimeter needs a long-term talent injection. I've also seen, you know, I've seen a couple of mock drafts of, I think Peter Schrager had had the Cardinals trading up to take Jalen Waddle to give yes. Kyler Murray even more um, talent on the receiver position, obviously potentially losing Larry Fitzgerald. Um what do we think here for the Cardinals? They could go in a number of directions, really, couldn't they? Because defensively, you could, you know, they've got JJ Watt, obviously, but defensive linemen could be in play. You know, you look at a safety like Trayvon uh, Morig, corner, obviously, that we talked about. Um, a lot of directions they could go in. Yeah, Zayvon Collins makes Michael a lot running back, running, running back, back right? Michael yeah, Parsons, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of things make a lot of sense. They need, they need some pass rush. Uh, on my mock draft, I get him Caleb Farley. Because what do they have at, at corner right now? They have Malcolm Robert, Butler. They have Malcolm Butler and Robert Alford um, and Byron Murphy. Uh, you know, it's, it's not. It's not great. It's not stacked. Not stacked, but yeah. You know, and then Michael I think, Parsons. I, I do think that they they could be they could they're a candidate to do something strange and maybe take Najee Harris. I really do believe that they could do something like that. Yeah, I could see that as well. I I, I I really I had Micah Parsons going to them. I think that um, you know they've they they let what's his name go um, the Hassan Reddick. Um, yeah. They dealt with uh, at the um, at the linebacker position. They had Jordan Hicks taking a thousand snaps, and I didn't think he was that good. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons is going to play a lot this year. I, He's going to play a lot, but there's, but you know, I think that uh, I think that Isaiah Simmons and Micah Parsons fit together. Yeah, you know, you too. can't make Isaiah Simmons into what what you could make Micah Parsons. Into. I mean, an, another guy in the Elijah Moore mold, mold is Washington outside linebacker Edge Joe Tryon, who's not a guy I, I like at all, but I've seen him rated significantly higher than I've had him, and I've seen him in a lot of. Um, sort of 25 to 32 area. Joe Tryon as a Hassan Reddick replacement? Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it's a thing. I think Zay, I think Zayvon Collins makes more sense for them. Yeah, that's a decent shout too. I think if Parsons is on the board, I think it's hard for them to pass up, but I could easily see them take it back as well. You know, at this point, like J.C. Horn and and uh, and Micah Parsons are on the board. Um, I'm going to make a case for those two being the picks before us because I don't think either one of them is going to be on Miami's board at 18. Do you? No, no. And Didn't so we... you know, we've we've kind of gone through, but like somehow we we might end up with Micah Parsons or or J.C. Horn on the board at 18 when none of us really thinks that's going to happen. No, no. Who are we going for, Arizona? To me, either J.C. Horn or Micah Parsons. Okay. Pick one now. Uh, I'll go with uh, J.C. Horn. Yeah, I'd say J.C. Horn too. J.C. Horn Jonathan makes too much Joseph. sense. They need a corner. Yeah. yeah. The Raiders. I mean, the weirdest offseason in the NFL the Raiders have had. Um, you know, they've got issues at right tackle. They've also brought in Yannick and Gakwe, who can they hope can generate some pass rush because – They've really struggled, or, or, and and we'll try and do that opposite Max Crosby because uh, Clint well, Farrell, Farrell yeah. hasn't really worked out, has he? Um, well, I, had, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I had uh, Trayvon Morrig. I had in the magazine. Um, 
because it allows um, the kid from Mississippi State to just become a bit more of a box safety because he's such a liability in coverage. You know, he gets lots of rep for his big hits, but coverage-wise, you know, Amori can cover in the slot. He can play single high. Um, I don't know. You know, you look at someone like Tevin Jenkins, uh, if you're looking for a pure right tackle, um, who's a good player. So um, I don't know. What are we thinking? And and, uh, and Micah Parsons is still there, and Parsons fits the mold right. of a, a Raiders player. So yeah, well, the, they and they need linebacker. Yeah, don't they, they? They had that turned into a disaster from an injury standpoint. Yeah, uh, right, the linebacker position, and um, and then the, you know they they bought Raekwon McMillan off us. Now that's already gone. Uh, he's already gone to New England. Um, you know, I think I think a, a linebacker would really fit there and i think micah parsons just such a natural mm. pick to me Alf. uh they they got rid of every single offensive lineman which is interesting right uh, you have five of them <laughs> they got rid of four of them holton miller they give him a big contract i left tackle they have nothing else <laughs> so i would say it's an it has to be an offensive lineman here right you get rid of all of them you kept one well they have they have nick martin at center um you know that's that's a that's an you know, start. They're getting rid of Rodney Hudson. I think they have, they have Richie Incognito. Uh, mm. They start him. You know, that's. I mean, he's what fifty-two? Crazy, is he fifty-three? <laughs> I think well, Tevin. I, I do think Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, I think Tevin Jenkins makes an awful lot of sense here. I've got to say. Yeah, but that running game, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. He'd, he'd be my pick. And I like Tevin Jenkins. He would be on my board for eighteen. By You're outvoted, Christopher. So the final pick in our mock draft uh, and apologies uh, to everybody else who was hoping we'd go all the way, but it's 4am already and whatever, and it's not going to happen. Miami Dolphins on the clock at 18. This is what we would do next week. We'll bring you what we think the Miami Dolphins will do in association with our sponsors, Biscayne Brewing and uh, Manscaped. The Dolphins at 18 on the board from some of the players that we haven't, selected so far. Christian Darashaw, Greg Newsom, Trevor Morig, Mika Parsons, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, Najee Harris, Javonta Williams, Jalen Phillips, Zavin Collins, Eric Stokes, Asante Samuel, Travis Etienne, Aziza Ojolari. Where are we going here? What do we think? Well, you're going to get a good player, right? So You are. So I look at this and your quarterback's Tua Tungabalo, right? You just drafted Devonta Smith. Well, you know, we drafted Devonta Smith. Put the super friends together. I know that you're jumping the gun, and especially the way that this board has shaken out. But now that Tevin Jenkins has gone before this pick, I, I'll give myself an excuse, and I'll just take Najee Harris. Christopher? I would. I, I think they would love to pair them, I, and I think that they are going to get one of those three running backs. I just, I really just don't think it's going to be at 18. Like I'm, mm. I'm starting to really doubt that. I, I mm. think that Miami is gonna. I think that they're probably targeting this pick. They're gonna, they're gonna gamble here. They're gonna go. They're, they're gonna go for something, and um, and it, it makes me. It, it naturally points me in the in the direction of Jalen Phillips, because uh, that is the gamble. That is a gamble, right? Mm. Um, that is, you know, he's got medical issues, but Miami has taken chances on medical issues. You know, mm-hmm. they have a lot of faith in their uh, in their training staff and also the sports analytics that uh, that does so much with 
measuring strength and range of motion and um, and and fatigue and stuff like that. They, this is what they use all that uh, uh, GPS data and stuff like that for. Um, they believe in in their ability to, you know, and help guys out, um, get the right helmet for them if they've got the if they've got concussion issues and stuff like that. I, I just think, you know, the way you hear some of the people in, are connected to the league talking about Jalen Phillips, like they would, he'd be a top 10 pick, you know, if he didn't, if he didn't have the medical issues, they've already taken a guy in the first round, right? Miami has, so mm -hmm. they can get chancy, right? Um, this is a little bit of a, a luxury and um, that, that screams luxury to me, Jalen Phillips. Mm -hmm. Not even the concussions that worry me so much. It's the wrist problems mm -hmm. after that bike accident. It's the um, it's the ankle issues. But he's a good player. I think he's the best all-around edge in the draft. I think, um, you know, I'm a big Quitty Pay fan. I'm a big Joseph Asai fan. But I think Phillips has an all-around skill set. The other guys out there on the board, obviously, Zayvon Collins, who we talked about on, on the show earlier this week, obviously mm -hmm. just fits like a glove. You know, if Tevin Jenkins is there, you kick Robert Hunt inside. Obviously, the backs, and we don't know. I, I've been told Travis Etienne is a name to look out for. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, you know, Harris, Williams, Etienne. I mean, they could, I mean do they double down and go receiver and get Terrace Marshall? You know, do they... The, the one name I keep hearing, the one name I've been told on a number of occasions, and it makes no sense whatsoever, is Asante Samuel Jr. Not that it doesn't make sense because he's not a good player, because he really is. To me, he's Jair Alexander 2.0. But it's the fact that the Dolphins have already have Byron Jones, and they spent the first rounder on Noah Igbenogane and with Xavier Howard. The caveat is, would the Dolphins look to move Xavier Howard? Mm. You know, there's a contract, potential contract negotiation coming up. You know, could you see a draft day trade where the Dolphins move Xavier Howard to uh, Green Bay Packers, for example, who are looking for a corner to pair up with Alexander? Would you see them moving them to the Kansas City Chiefs who could, you know, look for a corner? You know. Well, that would be one way to have one really angry podcaster on this podcast. But there was a reason why there's a reason why they took Norig Benogane last year, and that was because there was a lack of belief in Xavier Howard from a physical point of view because then, you know, and yes, he, and he goes out wrong. and gets 10 interceptions. Of course, but you know, I don't know. Is he a 10 know. interception a year guy or is he a guy that all of a sudden the knees start to get sore again and he misses time and, and he's asking for big money. He's already paid big money and he wants even, even bigger money. Uh, and I think he's just changed agent, hasn't he? To, to Bilbo, who was, um, who was uh, no, he got Jarvis rid of Bobo. Oh, did he get rid of? Okay, take yeah. that back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just putting it out there. It's just a name I've been told consistently, um, Asante Samuel, and he's one of the few names that I've seen that the Dolphins have had uh, extended meetings with. So more than one meeting with Asante Samuel, which again is is of interest. Uh, could he play? Could he play a safety position? Could he be our next Bobby McCain? It'd be, I suppose. I mean, you know, he plays well in man on his own. He's great with the ball in front of him. So he's got great instincts. He's small, though, or smaller. Yeah, he is he 5'11", 180? Well, that's, that makes, that's bigger than Bobby McCain. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Just trying to look at his pro day number. Uh, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. I think he was 5'11". Um, okay, we? so we're... We got we got three different answers here. Is that what I'm what I'm seeing? Uh, Alf goes with uh, 
with Najee Harris. I say Jalen Phillips. I say Gamble. Or they're going to gamble. Um, I would say Zayvon Collins. You say Zayvon Collins. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, Micah Parsons is there too. But um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Although I will oh, say this. Since uh, there's two edges on here, I would agree on Zayvon Collins over Jalen Phillips. Although I might agree on Micah Parsons over all of them. Yeah. So, I, that's where I put in the magazine. Micah I put Micah Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. I said Najee would be great quality, great addition here, but Parsons, just the value of the system fit. Yeah. Too good to pass up. I could, and I, I, I could go with that. I mean, the, the only thing throwing a monkey wrench in that is that, you know, are they, are they going to avoid the layoff guys, the opt-out guys? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Samuel was 5'10", 180. So, you know, that's yeah. small. I don't think that's going to be 18, honestly. No, but, um, I don't either. But. Uh, Micah Parsons, I could go with, I, you know, if we're, if we're coming off Jalen Phillips, I could go on to Micah Parsons. Yeah. Alf. You know, I, I think it's a value pick. Uh, if I'm outnumbered, I'm outnumbered. But <laughs> I'm a no on Michael, Micah Parsons. Uh, if we are going an edge player and I could get somebody on my side for Javon Collins, I could do that. If not, I'll go with you guys. Parsons it is. Parsons it is. There you go. We've done uh, 1 to 18. It's taken us four days. It's now Saturday. Um, but yeah, we. Um, Let's keep going to the seventh round. Yeah. Let's not. Um, and my seven year old will never go to bed. Yeah. And my 16 year old and my 14 year old will be 42 and 40, 41 or 39 or whatever it is by the time we finish. That is it, people. We have given you uh, some serious draft information this week. Earlier on, you got linebackers and some interesting discussion around what we thought about that position and some quarterback chat. And you have had an 18-team mock draft, including two selections for the Miami Dolphins, one of whom was Devonta Smith, and the second was a not-unanimous decision, but Alf got outvoted on Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. Next week, we will be in draft week. We will be hours, literally, away from the start of the 2021 annual selection meeting. We will hopefully have picked up some scuttlebutt and some gossip, and we'll talk about what we think the Dolphins will do. Obviously, this is what we Yeah, thought. and also a change of schedule next week. Only one show, one draft, one lonely draft preview show. On Thank God <laughs> for that. Um, there is no more, as Alf would say. We will see you on draft week, don't forget to buy the draft book. It's literally less money than it costs you to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And if you're getting a cup of coffee over Starbucks and you're not buying the draft book, then frankly, you're a selfish fuck. So have a lovely week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co